Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. And our very special guest is Toya Jang from bit.com. Toya Jang, welcome to the show. Thank you for helping me. Who wants to go first? Paul, do you want to um, do you want to kick off? Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, Toya, do you want to uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved with the exchange Bit.com? Right. Um, so I've been in this cryptocurrency um, business for going back to 2015, 2016. Um, I lost count already. Uh, has started my crypto career with crypto exchange. Uh, At that time, the exchange only support Bitcoin and Litecoin trading. It's a completely different field now. And then I joined Bit.com early this year in January. Um, Had a couple of meetings with the co-founders of of Matrix Ports. Really, really admire what they do and their vision. So I just decided uh, to join this, this team. Right. And before before that, what got you interested in the financial markets and cryptocurrencies? Oh, this. Uh, so I, I've always been in the financial industry, like doing communications. <clears throat> and uh, back at that time, uh, my clients were uh, hedge funds and uh, asset management. So I've been in this, in this field. Back in 2015, that's really interesting period of time. In Hong Kong, there was a huge topic about fintech. Um, so that was the period of time uh, when fintech was a thing that everyone was talking about and think, say, saying that will be the next wave of innovation, right? So everything technology plus finance uh Will will innovate the banks, uh, including virtual banks and, and everything like that. So I was doing some research about fintech, and somehow blockchain technology and cryptocurrency fall into this category. So I found it very very fascinating at that time. Um, having a couple of calls with people trying to understand it more, and then end up in a cryptocurrency exchange back in 2015 already. Great. And so tell us a bit about um, how you see the technology developing and and how it's improved since 2015 and the the actual sort of increase in in interest and and, and from an individual and from a corporate basis. So there there are many ways of uh, looking at the space um, from the technology point of view. over the time, we see the first the first the big thing that I experienced was was Ethereum, and then Ethereum, uh, the DAO hack, and then the f- hard fork of Ethereum. So we knew that Ethereum was a big thing because it start starts uh, theoretically it supports smart contract and there will be a lot of programs running on that. So back at the time, I think a lot of people were hyping about. Um, uh, DAO at this at that, that point of time already. For, for people then, who don't know about that, sorry if I could just cut in there. Could you just explain what DAO was? Right. Uh, so 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 DAO uh, is is DAO short for decentralized autonomous organization. So meaning, uh, instead of corporate uh, or a a a corporate governance, there will be board members and there will be shareholders. 
the DAO is managed by token holders, and every decision is made by like token voting. So basically means the more token that you're holding, the more decision uh, weight that you're having. Um, the 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 DAO believers are basically technology believers. Uh, this 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 group of people are saying like code is law law right. So whatever like is being proposed in the in the DAO proposal, people vote if it is going to be approved or not. So it's anonymous, decentralized, because there is no single point of failure, uh, as as all the blockchain technology has been claiming for. So this is kind of a a really peer-to-peer -peer organization form. It's still being very popular. Uh, I think back in 2020, there are a lot of DAO organizations coming out as well, uh, issuing DAO tokens. So even though back in 2015, the first DAO hack uh, resulted in the big, big failure, um, but the, the concept itself is still being very much welcomed. And uh, we're seeing emerging of DAO organizations um, in right. 20. 21, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Because I, I knew what a DAO was. And when you said the DAO hack, I, I was slightly confused by that. I thought maybe that was something new that I hadn't heard of. But for people that don't know what happened with the history of Ethereum, the, originally they set up the blockchain and then there was this hack. And then they effectively just sort of started again, which is sort of not what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to be immutable. <laughs> but they kind of did it because people lost a lot of money and it was this it was this sort of they could start again because it was so relatively early yeah. yeah um so it's kind of very unusual it shouldn't really happen but they sort of did and it's it's part of the history so so thank you for explaining that so so tell us then so you were, you were telling us about the differences and how things have moved on right right uh back to that uh, topic so um, starting from then, Ethereum, and then there will be many, many Ethereum challengers. Um, we've seen we've seen Solana, and people rarely talk about Solana these days. Uh, these two weeks, especially, there is near uh, Avalanche, Algorand. So each of these protocols is trying to solve uh, the, the transaction per second issues, uh, like storage issues. They're tackling it from different space, uh, different perspective of the protocols. Um, so yeah, uh, the technology space has been innovating a lot. Um, we, we are seeing like transaction per second moving from Bitcoin's 12 uh, transactions per second to now uh, some protocols claiming to be thousands or 10,000 transactions per, uh, per second. This is very important because um, blockchain as a technology is incomparable in terms of processing speed with the centralized service. For example, if we're comparing to um, to Alibaba, uh, when there is kind of shopping festival at November the 11th, how many transactions they are handling per second? Like blockchain can 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 like far from reaching that level, right? So this is actually the limit of blockchain technologies utilization of, of putting it into real use case. Uh, people are saying, oh, when is the blockchain's mass adoption? Not until people solve this problem. Uh, so that's from my point of view. Um, technology, it's we're seeing is improving, um, and it's it's improving drastically over the past uh, from 2000, from 2018, I would say. So for the past four years, it has already improved drastically. And there are layer two solutions, uh, sharding solutions, zero knowledge, approved solutions. So that's technology. Uh, in terms of application, I think DeFi is a real um, real kind of 
innovative financial case. Um, it, it's really disruptive. Even though there are a lot of regulation disputes there, but the formality of DeFi is something that's that we should really, really look into and learn how to regulate it instead of saying no, this is this is too dangerous. So, um, and the other utility or application I'm kind of very being optimistic for is a metaverse and NFT. So that is actually representing digital goods being able to tra like transfer. On the network um, with the trace with authenticity. So, um, give an example, right? So, when we are sending emails to one another, I'm sending an email. I have a copy. You have a copy. You can send to everyone, and everyone will have a copy. The email itself doesn't have value. But if I'm sending an NFT, I'm sending it to you. I don't have the NFT anymore, and you have the NFT. And if you are sending it to anyone else, uh, you don't have it either. So this is kind of digital. We 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 define it as digital goods, and um, mm. yeah, it becomes be having an uh, having a value that can be transaction. I just wanted to ask a quick question before we get into the subject of what's happened recently with crypto and uh, FTX, etc. What do you think the the biggest uh, stumbling block has been with regard to the number of transactions per second? Do you, do you think it's so if I can use an analogy of say um electric cars you've either got the battery technology or the efficiency and something has to change drastically for it to increase beyond a certain point and the whole point of blockchain technology is that it it is secure and that is why you can't do so many transactions per second so as a use case as you say you've got Alibaba that can do as many transactions as they need to and far superior to to uh, to the blockchain technology that is more secure but has to be slower because of it is that what, what is actually going to be the breakthrough do you think that will allow many thousands or, or tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of transactions per second to to occur and, and do you think as a follow-on question do you think we should have been further along by this point given that you started looking at this in 2015 um, yeah, that's that's a that's, thanks for it's a very good question. I think this is my personal opinion. I don't see it as elsewhere being shared. I think the breakthrough point is when people find the synergy between Web two and Web three. <laughs> as is it is a very vague to say that way, because tech, as you said, blockchain is designed to be slow and secure. The transaction needs to be shared across multiple nodes, right? So, so, so it's it's actually being acknowledged of this transaction, and then to improve that, we have layer two solutions is actually um, faster, but to make it really, really fast and make it compatible with Web two business, because the users or consumers has already been um, spoiled. To, to experience faster transactions. So people are not going back, right? Like I, I'm not going back to experience um, 2G uh, time when I'm already seeing what, what 4G or 5G can do. So when there is a combination of blockchain uh, or uh, blockchain technology anchored with certain level of centralized uh, service being provided, then, then we can see. I don't know exactly how it will form, but it's definitely going to be a combination of both. It will be. It it won't be like blockchain for all. Every transaction in the world will be recorded by blockchain. It's just simply not realistic. Giving another um, analogy of this is that um, 
like from offline off not offline to online, off chain to on chain, a lot of real time data, a, a real utility data needs to be imported, right? So somehow you need to have a gatekeeper, um, because we we in in this industry we usually say like garbage in, garbage out. If you if you put on chain the false data, will it will process the false data it will never be true. So there will be a third party gatekeeping what kind of data is being transactioned on the blockchain. And if that is required and that is established, why not use it as an endpoint that is providing certain level of centralized services um, to the end user? So just, not sure. so yeah. just to explain for people who, I mean, we have a sophisticated audience, but not everybody is into crypto. So some of these terms they, they might not know so on-chain and off-chain basically means that that you can do a load of transactions that don't require you to interact with the, the actual blockchain itself which is slow you you just sort of do everything in in another field and then once you've you've netted all your transactions you then print it back to the 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 blockchain itself which means that you can do transactions faster so i think with bitcoin you've got the lightning network that sort of jumps outside of the bitcoin network does all the transactions nets them all off and then prints that to the the blockchain and that allows for a kind of route to doing many transactions faster than the obviously very slow blockchain that they've got but because bitcoin was the first one that was the first solution that came along um, and obviously it's a developing field and there's lots of people trying to solve this problem. Um, that's where you get this, this, this phrase. Do, do you think potentially that there might be a totally brand new technology or, or, or way of doing this? Because we know about the, the blockchain, we know about how, how this all works. And if you don't, there's, there's videos out there that will explain it. It's relatively simple though it can get complicated do you think we need to invent a new technology that is just simply faster or do you think that it may be the realm of something like quantum computers or faster computers uh, well first of all thank you for explaining on behalf of me Paul. um <laughs> new technology i've never thought in this way it's a uh, it's 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 for me to think about it right there is a uh, the quant computing, and there is also like in terms of network, there is another term called edge computing, which means you are just uh, computing it locally, which without uh, transferring back to to cloud or to the server, you just they, like deal with the massive amount of data locally. It's called edge computing. This is also in the early stage of of uh, adopting. So, yeah, I think. Maybe it's hard to imagine a completely new technology at this point of time, but with many other kind of technologies evolving at the same time, it will just start to build and 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 merge into like different fields will come to together, like five G or six G and AI VR, and also as I said, like edge computing or um, like IOTs. Uh, these kind of things will all come together because they develop into a stage that will be put into use. And so, then, so that was an acronym just too far. I didn't get that. IoT. What's an IoT? Internet of Things. Sorry. Oh, oh, right. Okay, yeah, I know what that's. When your fridge fridge talks to your toaster, Paul. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I do see. <clears throat> sorry, I do see. Um, like a, a brand new technology is probably going to be a thing when we look back 
and say, oh, this is a brand new technology compared to, you know, in the 20s, in the 2020s, we were talking about only blockchain, but, <laughs> but yeah. it's yeah, it probably not going to someone being very visionary on the stage and sharing brand new technology. That would be that, that would be um, too good to be true. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be a looking back thing. At 2050, we're looking back, say, hey, you remember those days we're talking about blockchain, which is only a small piece of what we are having today. Do you think there's any real future for traditional banks in a, in a world where in a world of um, decentralized finance and, and cryptocurrency? Oh, definitely. Um, traditional finance is is not just like well. First of all, traditional finance as as um, uh, stocks, uh, commodities, and uh, and, and I'm thinking security. specifically banks. Bank banks ah, uh, they really need to adapt. They really need to adapt, um, move move forward with with things. So it's not going to, the the way they do things is going to be largely borrowed in DeFi, um, and they they need to adapt and learn how protocols work, how those curves being calculated, <laughs> uh, and and adapt accordingly. Because as I said, like the traditional finance is not going away the whole financial market is going to just get bigger. And the traditional finance, what we're looking today, is probably going to be decreased to like one-tenth of the future financial market, right? So, but but it's not going away. It's just going to evolve. That's that's my point of view. So there, there's a lot of people who are saying that that this is it for crypto. It's all over. Um, it's It was all a Ponzi scheme and that... It, it will all go to zero. So given what's happened with FTX, first of all, could you tell us what you what your opinion is on, on what happened and how potentially the industry could move forward from here? Yeah, uh, it's very unfortunate witnessing what happened to FTX. Uh, I was just sitting in front of a laptop um, watching the, the market crash and... Uh, and, and get myself on Twitter space for a couple hours nonstop listening to people talking about what are the consequences and cascade of, of things of FTX. So FTX, this thing happened, it's, let's, let's say, 50-50 because of crypto, right? Uh, it's because of crypto, because crypto trading and derivatives trading and all this um, market makers' activities, lending and borrowing, are unregulated. So um, they are doing a lot of things wild. Um, still, there is no revelation in the public information. How did they lose that eight billion? Which is like everyone's jaws come down. It's like, what's happening? How did you lose that amount of money? Just um, just before we get onto that, could you, for people who have only heard peripherally about what's happening with FTX and they might not even know what FTX stands for, could you, well, in, in your own words, just explain to somebody who thinks they know nothing about crypto, what exactly uh, FTX is, what happened, and, um, and, and then we can go from there. Thank you. Um, FTX, what is FTX short for? I have no idea. Uh, FTX is cryptocurrency exchange. Um, so, it has it was it was quickly growing into let's say top five cryptocurrency exchange worldwide uh, during the past five years. Um, 
it's it's very it's the slogan is built by traders for traders so in this in my peers people are are saying ftx is the best exchange for trading uh, for trading because of their fund efficiency and all this so it's for a period of time until until it falls ftx is very very good cryptocurrency exchange it offers spot trading futures um and oh they also even uh, offered the the trump 2024 like betting futures as well some innovative trading instrument so wow. they're they're very good at what they, they did um yeah, for example, the, the the logic is like if Trump was uh, elected as president in 2024, the future is going to expire at one dollar um, uh, price. So this this is how innovative they have been doing things. They also listed kind of tokenized securities on their platform. So it's it's a very admirable exchange, a success story until the day. That CZ, which is the 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 CEO and co uh, founder of Binance, which is another giant cryptocurrency exchange, uh, tweeted as saying, "I'm going to start selling FTT." This is kind of a spark that ignited the whole world, uh, crypto world, and people started dumping FTT, started dumping Solana, which is a token that FTX hold a large volume of, and then market sliding down. BTC, Ethereum price going down. And then suddenly, uh, I think in 40 out, 48 hours, uh, Sam, who is the CEO of FTX, tweeted and saying we are having some liquidity issues. Uh, it's 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 we, we are seeking to be acquired by Binance, which eventually didn't happen. But basically it's saying that FTX is going down. Um, what's the valuation of FTX? It's not on top of my, my, my ton. Um, 350 uh, million, no, not million, has to be billion, a valuation of the company just goes down in a week's time. Uh, well, the whole crypto market suffered from it's going down because a lot of users' money are still locked in FTX, uh, including institutions' money. We're still like the list of how many, uh, how much, uh, who are involved, who are exposed to FTX, the list is still like, being adding at the time we're speaking. What was at fault here, do you think? Um, was it the way that it was run and the risk that was taken? Uh, was it that when you tweet something like this, it could be the inverse of what happened with GameStop and you get a lot of people who just en masse start taking positions and it can cause outsized moves? Or was it a combination of the two? Um, I think there is no doubt that looking at the balance sheet when when investigators coming into place and and uh, look at the the FTX balance sheet, there is no doubt that there is embezzlement coming in place, and uh, it's mismanagement, the like human error, uh, is ma management error. So that's that's no doubt about that. So what's as, as I just said, it's fifty about crypto and fifty not. Fifty about crypto is that. This is a wild space they're doing things. And 50 not is like this. This could have happened in the traditional finance as well. Um, they're, they're in in their uh, book. Everything is is being recorded, like every loan to Alameda, which is the um, uh, trading trading arm of FTX is being recorded and uh, and, and, and they're hiding it. So if you don't if someone is not auditing it, really really closely 
is probably not going to be expo uh, exposed. It's probably going to last for another year until another like another version of CZ pointed it out. So from my point of view, this this is also like just human greed, mismanagement, lack of due diligence of of, um, of trading platforms. It's a it's a lesson for all of us at this moment, actually. So, um, sorry, Tim, I don't want to hog the mic if you want to. No, no, it's fine. Don't know. Okay. Feel free, Paul. Feel free. Um, so, in, in, some people are saying that what we need is regulation. Some people are saying that if you regulate the space, you're going to kill it. Um, some people say this proves that crypto doesn't work. What do you say to those allegations? <laughs> <laughs> well, from my point of view, the last one is definitely not true. That crypto doesn't work doesn't it's 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 the remote relevant of what happened with ftx because this is a financial scam right uh, this is not a crypto scam um it's it's if if when the whole story reviews in front of everyone when we find out how the eight billion was lost in in their trading team then we'll probably have a better idea what exactly happened with them so it's definitely not crypto doesn't work its finance has some loopholes and uh, it's, it's a, like a cycle. Finance in market always has this cycle that you, you build this bubble and then it bursts. I mean, ultimately, if someone's going to commit, if, if someone's determined to commit fraud, they will. So, you know, in a sense, it doesn't really matter what the context is, whether it's a cryptocurrency platform or, or a traditional bank. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 my point. Thank you, Tim. Um, but I, I, the other thing is like the other it, it, the other claims, I think, uh, re regarding regulation, I do agree that wrong regulation will will kill this industry. Um, if you are regulating it exactly the same way as traditional finance, um, which is probably some some sometimes is not a uh, adapt a hundred percent suitable for the cryptocurrency space. For example, it's twenty four seven like all the time. Uh, for example, there is no broker-dealer structure. Um, the wallet structure is not the same as like you just have a bank account and deposit it in one uh, one brokerage platform. So a lot, lot of things are different. If the regulators are willing willing to learn more about it and dive deep into it uh, from their experience, their knowledge in the financial market, I'm sure they can bring very, very good results in this because for, from my point of view, I'm, I'm working at Bit.com and it's a derivatives trading exchange. So without proper regulation, uh, the derivatives trading, especially like options trading, because options trading team is more from professional teams, right? They are not going to come in and it's prohibiting the, the growth of it. So like from my perspective, we, I definitely wish that the regulators will like carefully look at this space and regulate it and will help this this whole market to grow further. Uh, but they can't just just put whatever is there available in the traditional market on crypto. That that doesn't work. Or they can't just do nothing uh, because proper trading firms need clarity from the regulators to do things because they are managing like everyone's money. Uh, it can't be too careful about that. Are, are you it, sorry? Go on, Paul. I, I was just going to ask: Are you worried about um, the potential for another company to be in this sort of trouble, uh, or do you think all the bad news is potentially out now? 
Oh no, far from being out. <laughs> right. And, uh, I am sorry to say that, uh, but it's definitely, definitely going to um, have more bad news coming out uh, probably until the end of this year. Um, because simply because there are a lot that haven't reviewed their exposure to FTX, um, and their collateral damage as well. Um, so probably a firm is not even aware that their business partner or their vendor there is is somehow involved with FTX. Um, and uh, yeah, so. There's a lot on unknown. So a lot of victims now probably just still thinking, oh, we're fine. But one month later, they're, they're just, yeah. You mentioned regulators. Who actually are the regulators for, who would have been the regulators for FTX? FTX is regulated in Bahamas. Um, and they have a U.S. platform called FTX.US. So these are the two jurisdictions that they're regulated so, so for the U.S., would that be the SEC? Uh, it's SEC or DICC. Right. Uh, yeah. Because um, we are not seeking um, regulation in, in U.S., so I'm not too familiar with their regime. Um, but, but, but either the US, U.S. platform seems to be intact. Uh, because I, I only have piece of information, right? Um, because when they are initially trying to sell FTX, they're trying to sell FTX.com instead of FTX.us. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I'd, I'd heard that actually just before the whole thing was 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 wound up, that the Bahamian regulators got money out of the company for themselves. So it's, 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 this sounds like the strangest story in the world. <laughs> I saw the piece of news, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's wild, widespread across the internet. I, I have still don't know if it is true, uh, but in the in the news, it says the uh, the the Bahamas re regulator confirmed that that they ordered uh, the the so-called hack of FTX. Uh, yes, things are still brewing uh, around FTX apparently. So that's. Uh, that's definitely not going to be end in a beautiful way. I have a, a variation on a, a question Paul asked earlier. In in terms of the the whole evolution of the, the cryptocurrency world, where where would you say we are right now? Um, it, 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 are we still really right at the beginning, or is 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 the is the business sort of quite mature already? Would you say? I mean, well, I know it's a, it's a probably impossible question to answer because we don't know what the future holds, but. Um, <laughs> In terms of how far we've come over the last, say, decade or so, I, I think I think it's it's good. My answer is going to be consistent as what I mentioned about the applications or mass adoption uh, theory. So I think we are in the in the in the in the phase of kind of early adoption, uh, in because until twenty twenty. There is only innovators in this space, so projects owners who are at, and and uh, like issuing their own tokens, um, but there is no real use case there. 
So basically, before 2020, all the projects that we see and all the cryptocurrency uh, projects like ICOs or IDOs or IEOs, what we see, the token utility is fundraising. Um, it's 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 a it's a field for only innovators. They are generating idea. They have an idea. They are like startups pitching for everyone for for as as VCs to to sponsor them. Um, and then comes to 2021, the the application or real use case started to show up, which is I, I just mentioned DeFi and NFTs. They're just uh, um, I think they are the early stage of real use case um, and also X to earn like you do something and earn some token um, so those are the, the this this what we see is actually the application phase of these things but still it's early ap- uh, ad- adoption it's not like majority adoption it's because to achieve early uh, majority adoption the use cases of cryptocurrency needs to have high demand like to play a game for example to play a game to play a game your 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 motive is not earning xy token um spend some time and earning some token your motive should be oh this game is fun right i even want to spend some money in this so the the supply side is 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 very rich uh we would call this way like because we're they're distributing tokens and track the users coming coming to the platform and play but the demand side is very weak to make a very healthy ecosystem of of um any project you need to have both sides coming on board right mm-hmm. so yeah we're still far from like majority adoption I was I was struck by by one sort of echo from the past in terms of I remember the the, the very first dot com boom. I was working at Merrill Lynch, and I remember there was I think it was a, I think it was Pets dot com, which had a uh, a mascot of a of a sock puppet, and I, I'm pretty sure they took out um, an ad for the Super Bowl. And I noticed that FTX also. I don't know if you've seen it, Paul, but there's there's an FTX ad that was aired during the Super Bowl with Larry David. Oh no. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's um, so, so Larry David's sort of been dragged into the fray, but I mean, I I imagine he just got well paid for his services, and that's that's as far as it goes. I I very much doubt whether he had money invested on the platform, but uh, it's just it's just the idea that you have basically that the that that taking out money for an ad during the Super Bowl seems to be the sort of the the prevailing red flag for you know what what will, will soon become you know gigantic financial failure. In the same way that you have this thing called the magazine cover indicator. So whenever the likes of The Economist or Time starts banging on about you know, the death of oil or the death of equities, then um, you know that you know pretty soon the, um, the market's going to turn. Yeah, um, there are a lot of celebrities being implicated in this FTX thing. Um, they, I think and and politi- politi- a lot of do- donations to politicians as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, this thing could take down everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Such a shame what happened. Like, if nothing of this happened, um, FTX for us is still a very good platform. The solid product, solid technology. It's just this financial uh, failure is just awful. So with, with regards, you mentioned, for example, games. <clears throat> and I suppose this applies to a lot of other areas where cryptocurrency is being used. You know, obviously, this is an exchange as well. 
Um, how, how do you differentiate the use case of a blockchain technology and the coins that are then issued when it comes to issuing a game against, say, what we have in the traditional space of, say, for example, people who play Minecraft and there may be sort of coins associated or tokens associated. Perhaps Fortnite's a better example where you've got V-Bucks and people buy V-Bucks and maybe you could... I actually don't know if you can trade V-Bucks. Probably not. But what what is it specifically about having a game on a blockchain technology where you then run into speed issues from what we've said before? Why would you want to do that when you could just traditionally just put a game on something like Steam or, or just sell it on a traditional uh, you know platform like PlayStation or the Xbox? Yeah, so so that's that's spot on question, I will say. Um, <laughs> right. So that's that's also comes back to the the answer that I gave before I said like it's going to be a hybrid of web two and web three uh, future. Um, sometimes you need a blockchain to power things and sometimes you simply don't because um, a centralized service is just simply offering um, better better experience. Right. Um, and now I think <clears throat> the either gaming companies or other type of blockchain powered uh, use cases, um, I think what they're doing is uh, experiment, experiment the idea and uh, develop a, a financial or economic model. Like they're building an internal um, circulate of a, a token in their own utilities field. So they're trying and see if this will work. Incentive plus someone who would willing to pay and then it's going to automatically run like a, a, a eternal machine because I design a perfect token economy, right? So I think everyone is is in the field of this, like trying to figure out how token economy will make things more beautiful. Um, in an elegant way. So this is what I experience. And the user experience of a game, it's, it's inferior to what they are trying to achieve. <laughs> That's what I'm feeling. Uh, and also because of technology limitation of, of what's that. So um, it's, it's more like the period of time when, um, when China, well, I'm born and raised in China, by the way. So when China uh, has a, 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 a a heated period of time called Internet Plus. So they're putting Internet in different uh, aspects of life. Internet Plus um, insurance, Internet Plus medical, Internet Plus um, ride sharing. So now it's kind of a, like a business model exploration and people are doing it is like Blockchain Plus, Blockchain Plus game, Blockchain Plus um, a browser, blockchain plus, plus different things. So it's it's going to somehow um, refine itself and evolve into itself in a very elegant way. But at this meantime, a lot of experiment is going to fail. Um, what leaves us is going to be um, lessons or experience. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that happens in all technologies, doesn't it? There was a lot of failures of dot-com companies and, and it sort of filters down into the few that are solidly run with good ideas and manage to maintain their financing. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious about, you use the term Internet Plus. So what exactly is Internet Plus? 
compared oh, to it, internet. It, yeah, so <laughs> that was I think I think it was um, 2016, 15, 2016, 15. That was a period of time. Um, because China at that time was having a, experiencing a booming period of time of uh, of mobile payment, WeChat, Alibaba, Alipay, especially. So financial um, infrastructure, like mobile infra- uh, financial infrastructure, was very ready. So a lot of things that can be like involves payment or service or banking can be uh, conducted online. So that's that comes to be, for example, DD, which is a ride sharing. They call it Internet plus ride sharing. So that's that's how things um, get viral uh, in China. Is everything that is um, adopting internet, internet and payment, um, and especially mobile payment, that was a trend. So from where you're sitting in Hong Kong, looking at the technologies of China and looking at the technologies that are coming out of the US, who would you say is in the lead and who would you say is lagging? I know that's a very difficult question, but you're in a unique position. Uh, I think I think China was catching up for the past 10 years. It's very, it's very pleasant to see how much original stuff was coming from China for the past 10 years. It was catching up really quickly. Um, however, I think the past three years of pandemic is kind of putting a stop in both sides of the world. Um, not much to be seen from China or, well, U.S. is opening up and things start to happen. So, yeah, we, we, are, we are here talking in 2022 when the world starts to, to open for business again. Um, but, but really, the, the past three years, we don't see um, kind of leapfrog development from either side of the world. I, I, was wonder, I was thinking about this the other day about technology and how, for example, the smartphone, we've got to this point where potentially there are just incremental increases in in technology because what else can you do with your phone apart from get an extra you know megapixel or 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 10 or (laughs) or whatever or how fast can it be to actually just get on the internet and what do people use it for calls and looking at say apps like twitter where you don't necessarily need anything faster with the phone maybe a phone from a few years ago could still be good enough um and it's just other little gimmicks. And perhaps we're, we're reaching that point maybe with the blockchain technology, unless there's this big leap forward that gets everybody excited again about how it could um, develop into a DAO or, or, or take over traditional finance, which obviously it will disrupt. It. There, are, there is great potential there. Um, but there are still some some issues that need to be solved. So perhaps it's it, it's just a combination of, as you say, things that slow down from the, the pandemic. But maybe we are hitting this this level where there isn't that much low hanging fruit in terms of technology. Yeah, I think that's a good thought. Um, this 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 period of time um, needs some some fundamental uh, technology improvement to dra- to 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 kind of pull us to the next level um, in this in this in this industry everyone is very um, excited about upcoming like web3 technology not techno- web3 economy right 
So I think potentially it could be a thing. It's hard to, to draw a fine line between Web3 and metaverse and uh, different definitions people are using. But it's definitely what people see is, especially during the pandemic, people feel like the vir virtual world is very valuable. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. Met, so met, think, Facebook itself yeah. have bet the whole company on it, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, Meta is doing that. So yeah, it, I think the virtual virtual world or virtual economy, virtual finance is going to take us further um, together with the technology of, of blockchain. Blockchain is only a small piece of that. Blockchain is only to record the financial transactions. Like if there is uh, something valuable in the web, web space and there you want to give from one to another, then this is relevant. But um, the other things that will be relevant will be, for example, VR, um, like having immersive experience in the virtual world, um, AI, like just improved algorithm that is is going to provide better service of of what you need in the virtual world. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that will be something really really worth looking forward to. Um, for example, you are in a game, a metaverse or Web3, and you have, um, I, I, I don't know if, if you know the game, it's uh, Sims. Um, I, I played that when I was when I was in, in high school. So, for example, you're having a house in the metaverse and you can sell it for some money. Then it's actually extra um, uh, like energy to the economy space, like something virtually happening and transaction. Um, and this this is digital world um, is expecting a boom, and then there will be a physical world, physical value being reflected in the Web three space, uh, similar to what the most traditional um, industry like food and beverage, right? So in similar to what food and beverage in industry moved to um, Web Web two. Like they have a Facebook page, they have an Instagram page, or they have a little app being developed um, for for ordering or for reservation. So similar things in the physical world, business is going to be reflected in Web3. So we still have a lot of things to look forward to. Um, yeah, it's it's. But but I agree with you. Like at this moment, uh, without without a fundamental kick, uh, we are experiencing kind of a stagnant period of time. Tim, I didn't want to hog the mic there, so I just just giving you a chance to ask something. Um I am I'm, I'm running out of questions, so okay. keep going, Paul. Keep okay. going, Paul, keep going. <laughs> okay. Well um with regard to the actual recent moves in crypto, so we've seen Bitcoin hit sixty nine thousand months ago and has been going down ever since. I just wondered whether although it was very publicly uh, messaged by CZ about what he saw at FTX, um, I wonder if the, like, the markets are very efficient at actually uh, discounting what most people don't know. For example, the, the company Enron, was the share price was going down way before it was publicly known about what was going on in the background. And I just was thinking, do you think that this decline that we've seen recently is reflective of potentially the market worrying about what we now know and we could be near the end? Or do you think that that was another factor and actually 
there is still much more downside before the market bottoms. Yeah, so the market is down um, because asset management firms or hedge funds need to liquidate their position um, to protect their policy, right? So, for example, this this fund is only allowed to lose uh, 50%, 15% of their, their money. And when the market is going down and it's reaching like 10%, they need to quickly sell the Bitcoin holding because if it is going further down there, um, it's 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 their 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 clients are going to all LP is going to be unhappy, and they need to pay themselves. So so what we've seen of the market is very, it's nothing new. This is tradition. Uh, this is traditional finance phenomenon that happening in in cryptocurrency um, now. And at this period of time, whether it will will still going further down is going to be. Well, I, I may be prejudiced. It's going to be traditional finance play again. So the the big funds or uh, trading teams or players, do they want the price to be further down so they can accumulate token at fair lower price, or do they like agree mutually agree? Oh, this is a good point of time. We can start um, building our portfolio again. So that's why this. This bottom-looking process is going to be very bumpy. Everyone is having a different idea of where the what the bottom is, um, and 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 it's going to if if you're trading uh, using leverage, it's going to be dangerous. So um, this is the pure time that this really 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 um, partially exciting to see and partially dangerous if you're trading yourself. Sentiment-wise, it seems like. We are near a low because you don't normally get such negative sentiment near market high. But that that said, um, when you have an event like this, it and it is the the bottom. Um, there's usually a very fast shakeout and then a very fast rebound. And we haven't seen we've seen the shakeout, but the markets are just sitting as we are on the 21st of November near the lows, and that's a bit of a worrying sign because it feels like there's another lurch to come and that's that's why i was interested in where obviously this is going to have ripple effects but the market does discount that relatively quickly and i'm more worried about something else that we don't know about um another problem that that could land um that that could shake it up again um just to, just to cut in paul sorry to interrupt there's a there's a presumption here that the the market is a let's say is a fair market or a free market mm, that's true and that, i wonder whether that's necessarily the case the reason I, I raise it is i'm not sure if you're aware but it's just emerged that the bank for international settlements the bis the so-called central banks central bank um just bought mm-hmm. 500 500 tons of gold oh really <laughs> And it's, there's an interesting question as to why, why they might have been doing that. Um, so I was watching a pod over the weekend just gone, and the guys there were basically suggesting that, um, well, if, if, for example, you're a huge institutional buyer of that amount of gold, you clearly want to buy at the low. So they were basically suggesting that the price of gold this year has been hugely manipulated. And if that's possible in gold, I'm sure it's possible in cryptocurrency too. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And also, what Paul brought up is that if if um, the sentiment of uncertainty is also shared with big institutions, um, it's kind of like um, 
the the gaming theory, right? Everyone is looking at each other and and see what's what's their movement. No, at this period of time, no one, like no reasonable uh, institution, would would like to say, oh, this is, will be the first one to say this is the bottom. I'm going to get in. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so pr- presumably, given the technologies, you will then reach a point where it becomes a relatively good bet to to jump in um and then i think that's that's what we that's what we need to see we need to see people saying okay look there is a lot of uncertainty but this isn't going away they have a kind of long long term more positive view like yours and they'll they'll think well in if you've got a two three four year or maybe longer horizon then you could probably ride out a bit more on the downside and this would then look back at you look back at it and say, wow, wasn't that a great time to buy? Mm. Um, Well, this happened to me many times already. (laughs) Yes. I think the fact that it has lasted this long and the technology is so new, um, it it is a game changer. It's just we are kind of trying to figure out how it's going to fit into our world and which ones are going to change forever. And there are very big changes coming up. and I know it, it feels strange for us who live in, we all obviously operate in the real world, but the internet has changed everything. And I think what Meta's doing is extremely interesting. I think the metaverse could be much bigger than people give it credit for. Um, because if you're thinking it's going to be the equivalent of a Skype call or, or talking to somebody on Zoom, that really is no way near what they're planning. They're planning... Uh, really fully interactive, immersive experiences. It's like having a Skype call, but wearing goggles. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I, there, there are also like hardware involved in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a lot more than that because I, I mean, they can't just think that it's going to be that. Otherwise, just wearing goggles because it would be <laughs> it wouldn't really work. Um, but well, you know, I'm, I'm you never I'm know, I'm Tim. You I'm never know. I'm you could I'm be right. I'm minded to recall, I forget who it was who said it, that the impact of, of new technologies is always what is invariably overstated in the short term, but always massively understated in the long term. You could say the same thing about you know, every, everything to do with the internet. Oh, that's wise, yes. Yeah, it's, it's very often that it becomes something that you perhaps hadn't thought of. So, you know, who would have thought at the beginning of the internet then you'd have these these uh, apps that could do all these different things and it's um it it's so interesting uh, but i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not personally too fussed about about meta cuz I, I think it's just you know by nerds for nerds but you look at you look back at you know something like amazon and in terms of a real game changer that who 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 on earth could really have forecast or foreseen the future of you know, a business that it originally existed purely to sell books and then yeah. ended up basically eating the world. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember yeah. them saying early on that they wanted to sell everything. And I just thought, I can't believe that. That's like, that's too broad. Same, um, same Netflix, right? It's just yeah, selling, selling um, like physical. <laughs> I mean, it looks, it looks quaint to imagine that people whizzing around dvds in the post yes love film quite, quite incredible to remember to remember that and and blockbuster are getting videos uh the actual the old videotapes we i'm giving away my age here but um but um <laughs> but toya i just wanted to ask a couple of final questions if i may if you have time um what one is a very broad question and that is if we put you in charge of 
regulating the market right now, what would you do? The crypto market. Yes, the crypto market, yeah. What would I do? (laughs) What are the hours, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I truly, I'm I'm going to form a consortium of, of... like wise people in this space, um, including like financial group and DeFi and technology, and ask what's what's like as a regulator. People are saying most of the time regulator are catching up, right? Because the innovators are, are ahead and regulators are catching up. Always so the if case. For, always the case. For, yeah, for once, if regulator can group with all these people and say, "Hey, what's the future that are you envisioning? Let's let's build them together." Like. Like if you point it at the end and then build that end, it's probably more targeted. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, that's really great. I like that answer. That's very clever. Um, and really just, I'm tired of chasing. Like yes. <laughs> looking chasing. Yeah, yeah, because it is a cat and mouse game, isn't it? The regulators do this, and then the market does that, and it's it's um, to try and get ahead of it and just involve all parties seems a very smart way to do it. Um, and and finally, could you just tell us a bit about bit.com for the company that you work for what what do you provide what is your service and what do you actually do there yeah, so um bit.com is a spin-off of matrix port matrix port is uh let's let's summarize it as crypto um cri- crypto investment bank um so they're doing asset management and uh prime brokers different different uh different asset management businesses and we are a spin-off as a cryptocurrency exchange um, we used to say that our offering is similar to FTX, but probably it's not going to be a, a very good advertisement these days. Um, we have like spot trading, futures trading, right? and, and especially options trading. So there is only a handful of cryptocurrency exchanges that can offer options trading because it's, first of all, very complex and advanced like financial instrument to, 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 to uh, manage, even for traditional finance. So... Yeah, uh, the Matrix Port is already a, a unicorn established in 2020, uh, 2019, and we were launched in 2020, um, being the, the second largest options trading platform. So um, as the next step, Bit.com is firstly going independent, uh, and secondly, will be playing uh will be providing a, a trading platform for both institutions and retail clients um leveling the play field for for all because the after after ftx fall we we see in the internet and saying like hey can someone inherit their legacy because they are really doing some good products um that is improving the funder efficiency and thinking uh, the features are really thinking from the trader's point of view so yeah, we would uh, love to take over the baton from them and and see what we can do for this industry. And it's a it's a trading platform after all, and uh, it's in it's it's a key player in the whole financial system, regardless is traditional finance or crypto finance. Are there any coins that you find particularly interesting that you're allowed to talk about? Bitcoin. <laughs> I was thinking more of alt- altcoins or something off the beaten track that uh, would be the next. Oh, this has gone up by ten x or hundred x. Yeah. So, so as I said, like a lot of tokens, I believe are are by and large experiment, and as an experiment, they can they can fail. Oh, but, of uh, course, they're high risk. It, There's 
Definitely, yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, Bitcoin is experiment has already proven mm. success, I would say. Like the others, I'm not saying they're not good. Um, it's just the risk involved. Um, it's 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 still like unclear. Yeah, but the the prices are relatively low for a very small, and I would, I mean, look, people do whatever they want. I'm mean, it's not for me to say, but I would I would suggest that if you if you put just a few dollars into a few of these altcoins, um, there could be massive potential in the future. Uh, and if they go to zero, they go to zero. It's kind of like you know, it's an options trade. And in between, there's a hell of a lot of volatility. So normally, they they can go up by such a huge amount that you could get your principal out, and then with good money management, have a kind of relative risk free bet. Um, but yeah, I, I I take I absolutely take your point. Um, the 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 problem is there are so many, and you can't research them all. And that, I think that brings us back down to. To FTX, I know I said there was only one more question, but actually I've just thought of another one that I wanted to ask earlier. And that was, what do you think the warning signs or how can we um, make sure that a, com- a company is is actually sound on the internet? Because um, yeah, what, 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 what should we look out for? Because you can interview the management and you can see... Being what- on stage with Bill Clinton and Tony Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. What what practical things? In short, yeah. So so in in this in this industry, like we talk about, uh, if if you go to the the crypto conferences mm. and ask for advice, they are always going to have a disclaimer and saying, "Do your own research," right? Yeah, we say that. So, yeah. So do do your own research. Like in case of of FTX, like there is no way like your own research is going to find out their their financial problems right so this is really not what individual retailer investors are going to 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 achieve uh, single-handedly like spot on but But you could um, do that with shares though see isn't that isn't that um isn't that a shame that you can't do that i mean a shame is probably not the right word but it's it's a big stumbling block that you're going in blind exactly i think i think the Okay, there are many. Oh, this is going to be long. Uh, there no, are this many. Is, this is great. This is great. You take as long as you want. <laughs> there, there is uh, many factors in this. I think uh, we we briefly touched upon regulations, right? I think the crypto regulation, if they look closer to it, there are a lot of things that's worth taking a second thought. So why is a crypto exchange having the business of traditional finance broker brokerage? Uh, settling exchange um, investment bank, commercial bank, they're offering all things at once. So this is already a, 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 an alarming signal. Um, things When things can go wrong, it will go wrong, right? So um, I think from the regulation point of view, there we need another review of what's a healthy structure of financial structure for the cryptocurrency. So that's that's first the thing. And uh, second, secondly, um, people have pointed out, because again, I've spent too much time on Twitter space after the FTX thing. People have already pointed out that FTX investment was actually being declined by many reputable kind of traditional funds. Uh, they see there are 
problems um they or they just uh, don't buy what the story that Sam was selling um but the ones who are who were investing in in um in FTX are new funds um and they can be misleading to to retails so i again i this is what i i heard from the twitter space um there are smart people uh, smart people are chose to not raise the voice out and result in such a, a catastrophe in the market so i i think if if they spot something and um it's it's alarming um regulation should step in earlier than than later before we wrap this up um was there anything that we didn't ask you about that you felt that you wanted to say on the podcast um let's let's say final space like like bit.com is a cryptocurrency trading platform right it's uh it's for everyone to trade and uh but however we also noticed not everyone is a trader because this is a very high professional kind of job um I, I would say, like, for cryptocurrency investment, everyone, please just be careful, uh, especially for cryptocurrency when there is a lack of regulation, which we we are we're shouting for during the whole podcast. Um, mind mind your risk carefully. This I think this is worth mentioning at the very end. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a, an interesting point. Um, there's also another way forward, which is just to say there will be no regulation and you just have to accept that you whatever you invest is going to go to potentially zero. And in some ways, that's quite a freeing way to to deal with the problem because also regulation isn't perfect. The solution that you came up, came up with, I think, is is quite logical and innovative, but it's not actually how it works currently with our system in the real world there is still this uh, you know there's talent problems for example of, of big investment banks will buy up talent that the regulators are not able to match and therefore they're thinking of things that that the regulators aren't even aware of and doing things to get around the system so there's this, this constant chase uh, that, that goes on and in the end one says there's been many instances in traditional finance as well where the regulators haven't helped at all. Um, so it is it is a difficult problem, to say the least. And um, I know, Tim, your your opinion is more of, of let the market decide. Yeah, caveat emptor. Yeah, which is, I think, a, a reasonable solution. It's the same with any investment, really. If they're not, not going to step in and, and help uh, or stop it, then... May, yeah. You may as well let the market Mark, deal with it. Sorry, teach us a very, very heavy lesson. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, just before you go, we we do like to end the show on what we call a media picks round, which is something lighthearted where we kind of share things that we've enjoyed from either reading a book or a, another podcast or say something you've seen that's worth worth sharing. So if you imagine we were in a in a bar somewhere and you're saying, well, okay, what have you been, what have you been consuming? Any books, any films, any, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be finance, but finance is fine as well. Um, if you have something that you'd like to share with us, or it could be a, not, it doesn't even have to be recent. It could be a very old thing that you've, but you particularly feel it's worth sharing. 
Um, we'd love to hear that. And if you need a bit of time to think, I could ask Tim first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it immediately came to my mind um, recently because I'm trying to, I'm trying to share more on Twitter. I, I was just uh, like sharing the books that I've been reading. Oh, cool! Um, like the the. The uh, the Ray Dalio's recent book last year about the uh, the rules of changing, but that's that's very financial. I I, I gave up after giving a thought. Really? So, okay. What what <laughs> no, why why was that? It's it's um like just read the book. I recommend the book. It's a really great book. I've been writing. <laughs> but it you gave up on it. <laughs> no, I, I gave up because it's not fun. Because I have a better option. Ah, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, give so, us the better option. Um, yeah, so there. I don't know if you guys watched the newsroom. Um, it was a very classic um, uh, series <clears throat> about um, about a newsroom how they are reporting reporting news. And in one episode, uh, their competitor um, made a mistake, um, and the editor was sh- when well, everyone's cheering because their competitor made a mistake of the reporting. The editor shouts in the middle of the newsroom and saying, "Hey, hey, hey! The man got knocked down. That doesn't make us taller." Mm. So, during this FTX thing, I've been thinking of this line over and over again. I was like, "Yes, the man got knocked down. It's time for us to think and review what we are doing." It's just there's. No way that you're gloating that you, you dodged a bullet or you're outsmarting them. So this is the t- period of time that you sit down and see: is there a security internal audit, uh, proof of reserve, anything that you didn't do? Um, it's time to build that up. This period of time. Right. I'm just looking. I've never heard of the newsroom. Have you heard of it, Tim? Um, I've seen. I think the first season. It's got Jeff Daniels in, hasn't it? He's yeah. the, um, the the main yeah. the main man. Yes, yeah, I just jumped on IMDb. Yeah, explaining why American is not the greatest country. Uh, in the world. It's it's got it's got the fan, most fantastic opening when he just launches into this. Yeah, yeah. you know why why America is no longer number one. Oh wow! So like, um, I believe in America in the Godfather sort of thing. The, the, the exact opposite. <laughs> the, the exact, exact opposite, opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Okay, so Tim, what's uh? Do you have one? I do. I'm I'm going to have a very quick one this week. Um, so Brian Callan uh, is someone I first got to know. Well, not personally, of course, but got to know via um, Meet the Goldbergs, and he plays co- a coach in uh, Meet the Goldbergs. But uh, he, I didn't realize he's actually a very accomplished stand-up comedian. So Brian Callan, I think I found this on YouTube. It's called Man Class. And it's one of one. It's, it's like an hour-long special. It's just very, 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 very funny. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. So Brian Callen, B-O-Y-A-N-C-A-L-L-E-N. But he's got a very, he's got a very, very unique routine, and um, yeah, I think that hours of fun for all the family. Brilliant. So mine's going to be a YouTube video, which is from Veritasium, which is one of my favourite YouTube channels, and it's um, about Fritz Haber, um, the man who killed millions and saved billions. So uh, I'll put a link to it. It's just mind-boggling, so interesting. And um, yeah, that's my one. Um, So Toya, just to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Do you actually have your own Twitter handle that you you could share with the listeners if they wanted to contact you directly? Or any other way, I should say. Uh, Well, Twitter and and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, yeah. 
yeah convenient so in in terms of twitter is uh at toya underscore bitcom um and then um linkedin just search my name okay so what we'll do is we'll put links to those in the show notes and just to thank you so much for coming on the show and hopefully we can have you back on when perhaps the cryptocurrency world is in a different part of the cycle and things are looking a bit more positive and uh, we can be a bit more optimistic about the future hopefully not too long yes okay thank you very much nice talking to you Paul and Tim thanks Joy a pleasure thank you thanks everybody thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time this podcast is for entertainment purposes only please do your own research or contact a professional advisor <laughs>